So, hello everyone, thanks for being uh, with us. Uh, you've seen it all now, the big headlines, the billions, 11 billion in this week's uh, budget. Pierce and Owen and I are here just to chat out some of the detail of that. And of course, as ever, we very much appreciate you leaving your views, your experiences and so on uh, with us in, in the comments section. Let's start talking about energy, Pierce, because that was the whole thing, wasn't it? This was a cost of living budget. We all know the bills are coming through the doors and it's one hike, price hike after another. People are really, really struggling to to uh, manage. So we had proposed the, the, the cap on energy, but the government didn't go for that. They went for a different approach. Just yeah, well, I think, you know, when you, in the run-up to this budget, the thing we were hearing from people um, all, over, all over the state was they wanted certainty. They wanted certainty in their lives because we've seen prices just spiral out of control, whether it's rent or housing, food, clothing, but energy was the big one. Uh, and that's somewhere where the government could have given them real support and real, uh, real, real certainty that they would get through the winter. So we took an approach that we wanted to reduce their electricity prices back to where they were the pre the crisis level and uh, that's about when an average house was paying about a thousand euro electricity compared to 2300 uh, now so back to that level reducing your bill straight away but also keeping it at that level during the winter period and look that isn't something new we're inventing ourselves this is happening right across Europe it's something the European Commission said at the start of this year that countries can do that's why France and Poland and Austria and look about a dozen countries across Europe Germany are now thinking of doing it and two other countries announced they're doing it uh, just this week. So it is, you know, countries across Europe are giving citizens that certainty. Our government decided to not do that and I think it's a real big mistake because we are likely to see more price increases over the winter and it's going to be left to those families to, to pony up themselves and, 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 and that's not the right approach. They've decided to do the credits. Listen, anybody who's getting any money into their pockets at this we'll time be happy. will be happy. Yeah. But you could, they could have done, they could have done something uh, given that certainty to people and as I said, the same thing that's been done right across Europe but they failed to do. Yes, it's amazing you know when you're talking to people they tell you two things firstly I can't I can't manage my bills and secondly I'm terrified that I'm going to face uh, another hike isn't it so th that's kind of what we were trying to uh, respond to and energy is a big item rents Owen a huge item we've we've been you in particular but the team has been running at this now for I don't know a number of years looking for certainty, well, for a reduction in rent, and then that level of certainty also for renters. No, absolutely. And, and look, it's no surprise to anybody uh, uh, watching this live uh, today uh, that the housing crisis just keeps getting worse. So house prices are now higher than they have ever been before, higher than the highest point of the Celtic Tiger. Rents have been higher than that for some time, and they're continuing to rise. But also the number of single people and families becoming homeless uh, has got to levels that nobody ever thought imaginable. We're all now getting into our constituency clinics, people with good jobs uh, uh, who are being served notices to quit, can't afford to rent anywhere else or can't get anywhere else to rent are presenting as homeless. Uh, so what people really wanted to see in this budget was something that really protected renters. And the best way to protect renters is both to cut the rent that they're paying and prevent any further rent increases. And Pearson, myself and the team, uh, I think for four years now, have been proposing putting a month's rent back into every renter's pocket and banning rent increases. And that would be a package for three years 
while the state would significantly invest in the delivery of large-scale affordable uh, homes. What the government have done is actually something that only a few months ago Pascal Donoghue and Michal Martin were arguing against. Right. They are providing a credit uh, for renters. That's 500 euros this year, 500 euros next year. Um, uh, for renters who are registered with the Presidential Tenancies Board. But because they are not uh, banning rent increases, then for very, very many renters out there, that'll just be swallowed up in further rent increases. Even if you're in a rent pressure zone, if you're paying the rent at the top of uh, the Dublin market at the moment, over 2,000 euros, a 2% rent pressure zone increase is 480 euros. So that's gone already outside the rent pressure zones. It'll be even worse. So they've taken a really good Sinn Féin idea. They've made a mess of it. And renters are still facing into next year with uh, rising uh, rents. On top of that, uh, uh, the really, really big thing is we need more social and affordable homes. What is the best way to tackle rising levels of homelessness? Of course, it's about delivering more social homes for people to move into. But also for all of those young people, all of those people at a latter age in their working life, but maybe they've separated, divorced or lost a home during the recession, they need to be able to rent or buy affordably. In fact, what Darrell O'Brien has done, not only has he not increased the social housing targets, so the homeless crisis will get worse, but he's actually cut uh, the number of affordable cost rental units to be delivered next year by the AHBs. He's given virtually no extra funding to local authorities for affordable uh, purchase. And the sum of his ambition for affordable purchase homes next year is about 750 homes. Sinn Féin has proposed a level of increased investment that would deliver not only 20,000 public homes in a year, 8,000 of those would be affordable, half, 4,000 would be affordable purchase. We didn't pick those figures out of thin air. That is the scale of delivery that's required to start to tackle not just a couple of years of bad Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael government, but decades. So they failed renters, they failed people who are looking to buy, they failed people looking to rent, but crucially, as we're going to see homeless numbers uh, increase in the coming months, they have failed uh, those singles and families, including children and pensioners, at the most acute end of housing need. Uh, those people are homeless, and homeless in Donegal, in Dublin Central, in Dublin Midwest, or all over the country. So I have to say, uh, uh, hopefully we're going to see major mobilisations from Raise the Roof, the Civil Society and Trade Union late campaign in October and November around housing because if this government is allowed to do the things they're currently doing we will have the worst homelessness crisis in the history of the state and we need people to get organised and mobilised and behind us to stop that. Do you know what it strikes me is that uh, we are in real danger now of people thinking that this housing mess can't be solved. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. Like, they took our idea of the credit, which should have been refundable, so in other words, that students, lower paid people could access it as well, and they've made a hash of it. I mean, I put it to Michal Martin yesterday. They say that uh, imitation's the sincerest form of flattery. Well, we're not flattered. We'd have been flattered if they'd taken the idea and actually delivered it uh, fully. But it's really important, Owen, isn't it, that people don't lose, lose heart? Because I, I, I worry about be, that. Be very clear. The housing system can change. Housing policy can change. In my view, ultimately, it's going to take a change of government uh, uh, to make the real changes that are required. But what the Raise the Roof campaign is about, what our alternative budget uh, uh, launched over the last number of weeks is about, is telling people things can change. And if you want that change, if you need that change, get involved. Either get involved with us directly, get involved in the protests, the mobilisations. We have to heap, over the next number of weeks and months, as much pressure on Darrell O'Brien, on Pascal Donoghue, uh, on Michal Martin uh, and Leo Varadkar, so that they either get the message that they have to change policy, and if they don't, and I currently don't hold out much hope that they will, 
then the next time there's an election, the sooner the better, we'll have the change of government to give people the kind of security and affordability and accommodation that they not only need, but they rightly deserve. Absolutely. Tax, um, Pierce, as a whole, all of us accepted people are under pressure, people need breathing space, so that meant a cut in personal taxation. We were all on that page. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that wasn't controversial. But the way the government went about it, I mean, kind of took, took us aback. They left 1.8 million people behind. An astonishing approach, wasn't it? Yeah, and look, it's it's, it's typical of, of, of Fianna the Gael, who has been pushing this this policy, but obviously Fianna Fáil going with it as well in the, in the Greens. But, uh, you know, they, they come out with a big spin on, on budget day, a tax package of a billion euro, and that's what it costs. Like, this is a, a lot, a lot of expenditure. But 70% of workers, 1.8 million workers, as you said, Mary Lou, don't get the main benefits of that tax package and why because they don't pay tax at that higher rate so if you're somebody that's earning 130,000 yes you're going to get 800 euro more 830 euro more back into your pocket but if you're that person on 30 35,000 if you're that person that's working in our local supermarkets the people that's working in our and in, in retail and hospitality people who are working on the factory floor or indeed you know the the young guard the young nurse the young teacher they're all in this bracket here they were given the cold shoulder by this government. They get about 190 euro of a tax cut. And yet they were the ones that were, you know, if you were to believe government over the last while, if you were to believe the Tisha and the Tanish, they were saying we were going to target the middle income. They were going to target the middle income. They actually didn't. They left the middle income behind and they gave the tax break um, like they did the year before. They did this the year before as well. They gave the tax break to higher earners. So there was a different way of doing it and we set it out in our alternative budget. Yes, we needed, as you said, we needed to reduce taxes on people. We need to make sure they had more money in their pocket. And the way we would have done it is through the USC. So we would have got rid of the lowest rate of USC. We would have slashed the second rate of USC. We'd move the the brackets for the third USC and along with income tax or cash payments for cost of living, what that would mean is that person on 30, 35,000 would be 700 euro better off compared to what, what the government have done, less than 200 quid. Uh, so there, there, there always is a, a you know bit different ways to do things in terms of budget. It's always about choices. And I think on this one here, it's very clear that the government uh, made the wrong choice. And on their tax package, it's, it's very akin to what Britain have done. It's actually, it favours the wealthier uh, very much disproportionately and those in the middle, that 1.8 million uh, workers were, were really given the cold shoulder. Because it's astonishing, like when you've, they've, they had a lot of money to spend. I mean, 11 billion, that's, that's a record budget, yeah. let's face it. And one of the things that struck me looking at it, apart from the energy piece, the, the, the renters, the, the, the lack of anything substantial in housing, or indeed in health, not funding for even one additional acute bed, was mental health. I mean, how often have we talked in the Dáil and across society about the pressure people are under, our younger people, our older people as well, COVID, lockdown, cost of living crisis. And like the amount is derisory in the budget. I mean, I was shocked by that, Owen. Taken about, maybe I shouldn't be shocked anymore, yeah. but I thought, God, that, that really screams hypocrisy like to, to people who are relying on services that are under the most enormous pressure. No, no, when I was talking to Mark Ward, uh, my constituency colleague, obviously, and our, our spokesperson on mental health about this yesterday, and keep in mind, in, in any ordinary year, that would be bad enough. 
But people have just been through two years of COVID with the enormous impact on their mental health. Young people, for example, who were denied really, really key years in their formation, families who are trying to hold it together, single people who are very isolated, and all of the mental health impacts of that, which would only then start emerging post-COVID. Then you've got this cost of living crisis. I mean, in my constituency office, I'm sure it's the same in yours. Increasingly, along with housing, we're getting people who simply can't cope. And they're saying things to us on the phone about their mental health and the state they're in and what they're thinking about doing. That is really, really frightening at a level we've never seen before. So given those two things, in fact, not only should the, the uh, direct investment in mental health supports and services for people on the ground been increased, they should have been increased way beyond what would have otherwise been needed to deal with those two sets of crises. What's the reality on the ground? <coughs> I can only tell you my own constituency, we used to have a wonderful jigsaw service, but that's now decanted out to another area and it's been given a much wider catchment. That means that the good people in that service have less time uh, for face-to-face -face contact. Likewise, families looking, for example, uh, for accessing counsellors, accessing mental health supports, accessing diagnoses for the children with multiple special needs. Those waiting lists are getting longer for the diagnoses and for the support. And at the time at which working families and low-income families need those supports the most, in fact, not only is the government not providing them, but the government is actually telling lies by presenting the budget figures in a way as if there's some level of increase that there really isn't. So not unlike, for example, funding for, for children and people with special needs or funding for people with disabilities, in this budget, mental health, along with those two other areas, was really the big, big loser. And again, I think it's because this is a government that doesn't care about people who have those particular sets of challenges, as well as all of the other challenges of struggling with cost of living, housing crisis, health crisis, uh, 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 cost of childcare crisis as well. And look, we've had struggles for a long time around, you know, arguing for proper resourcing for mental health, that it's not the Cinderella of the, the service. But for me, anyway, it was all the more shocking this year because it's in the billions. The figures are so immense. You say, well, you know, with any small thoughtfulness, you could do things that help people in the short term, but that actually could make a real long-term impact in, in people's lives. And Pierce, you raised disability today with the Taunish there, yeah. because equally, when we looked at the figures, actually down on the benches when you were going through the book, it's one of the things on budget day that you picked out yeah. and said, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, the point you make there, Mary Lou, is, 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 is the real, real problem with this year's budget. Like, there was a lot of cash splashed around, yeah. right? As you said, never in the history of this day have you seen a budget like that, 11 billion, and then they've got another 4 billion on COVID and, and Ukraine and, and, and Brexit. So a huge budget that we've never seen before, but they haven't changed anything. You know, and the problems that we had, as almost mentioned in housing, they're still going to be there next year, but actually worse. The problems we have in health are going to be worse. The problems in terms of mental health are going to get worse because they haven't changed the system. They haven't made the funding available for, for capacity. And, and disabilities, like, they, they, had, they have a review themselves. They, they carried out a capacity review. They paid a lot of money for it to look at what was the needs in terms of people with disability over the next 10 years, what type of money was required. They put a fraction of what was required into it. And that's why we have, and like, we, we'll deal with this all through next year, and we'll raise it time and time again, and we'll continue to raise it until we get the government to do something about it. But that's why we have today like 17,000 children uh, waiting for a first appointment with the disability network team. That's why we have, you know, two and a half thousand children 
overdue their autism assessment, their assessment of needs uh, reports, and it's, it's that failure. So what's government done here? They've decided, just like they've done in health in terms of waiting lists, they've decided to give money to the private sector to try and deal with some of the waiting list, but actually decide not to increase capacity at all in our own system. So no real additional capacity within mental health, no real additional capacity within disability services, and if we talk about our hospitals, not a single extra bed in our hospitals anywhere from Donegal down to Waterford. Like It's just you know in the middle of a crisis that they have decided to plan not to put an extra bed, and it was raised as well. Um, earlier on by, by David Colnan about scoliosis mm-hmm. uh, there with the, with yeah, the Taunashtia and he talked about that young girl who you know went in for her appointment not for the first time for it to be cancelled but for the second time why because there was no bed there the person was there to carry out the operation the theatre was there there was no bed for that child to recover and that's absolutely Scandal. appalling and scandalous in yeah. this day and age like when it can be fixed and that's the thing we have to give people the hope it, these things can be fixed beds can be built houses can be built if the resources are there and if you have the political will to do it. And so as we finish this up, just to be clear, um, just in case Leo Varadkar or Michal Martin by any chance are watching this, you, you just never know. Um, this is not about Sinn Féin being negative, negative, negative and, and down on the government. This is about us calling out bad decisions at a time when the government and state had record resources to invest. So our budget proposal was a budget for change. Sensible, costed proposals proposals for the here and now to give certainty. We're really keen on certainty through the winter months, but also game changers as well, because we have to and we will sort out housing and health and all of the things that you rely on. So uh, anyway, thanks again for being uh, with us. As ever, we want you to know we are working here tirelessly on your behalf, the whole team in Sinn Féin, north and south, all across the nation. We appreciate your support. We appreciate this interaction with you. And from all of us to all of you, keep the faith. Gurumila Mahagov Galera.